Hello, welcome to From the Rookie End. My name's John, uh, and welcome to uh, our weekly podcast. Uh, the day after, it's Sunday morning, uh, Watford lost 4-2 uh, away at Chelsea. A result that you wouldn't be surprised at a few uh, months ago, but one that is uh, a little bit more worth of discussion. Uh, now, I, I, no one's here with me at the moment. So the whole podcast, I'm going to have to phone people, because sometimes the From the Rookie End is quite hard for us to get together and gather. I'm going to speak to Mike, I'm going to speak to uh, Ollie, uh, who is the writer of Hornet Heaven, new episode. Uh, we'll ch- chat to him about that. Uh, also, Colin, who you've heard in the podcast uh, a fair few times actually this season uh, who is the voice of Hornet Heaven they were at the game yesterday and we all watched it on television we'll try and uh, and, and, and find more positives because that's what Watford's about this season it's all about positivity and we'll find some positives out of what was a defeat away at the champions uh, at Chelsea so let's get on the phone Mike let's give Mike a call so Michael we, we, we last spoke in the pub after an Arsenal last minute win and it, it was it was a high and i the crazy thing about going into this game was I had a want. I don't want to call it an expectation because expectations is you're not going to beat it. But I wanted to do really well in this game. We lost this game. But did we do well in this game? Well, when we spoke after Arsenal, I think the, the, the thing I was keen to do was step away from the, the game in its, as a single entity and look at what this team's achieving and what it's doing. Um, in terms of how it's progressing and the, the teams we're, we're performing against and that sort of thing. And I think yesterday is another day for that because, A, it was an incredibly entertaining game. Mm. So, B, look, I think we'd, we'd have won over a lot of, of neutrals and I think we've won a lot of, um, of respect. And that, that's always quite nice. It doesn't mean anything in the, in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, as, as football supporters, we, we always moan we're last on match today because we're craving a bit of... Um, a bit of recognition and I think we'll now be getting that because the, the, the eyes of the world yesterday saw us go absolutely toe-to-toe um, with the Premier League champions and match them and not just match them, more than match them. We'll say it time and time again, we could have been out of sight um, 20 minutes into the into the second half. It could have been 3-1 and, and the Chelsea wouldn't have come back from that and there'd be a lot more sore heads around this morning than, than there probably is. But so on, on one level, we, we gave as good as we got. 4-2, you can sort of kind of ignore the scoreline to a degree um, because it's, that no way reflected the, um, reflected the game. But um, Adam Drury made a, a, a great post on a great point on Twitter, which having, you know, I did my usual sort of post-game thing. I'm really happy with that. Loads of positives to take away from it. Disappointed to the way we lost. But Adam said, um, basically said, this, this Watford side is far too good to have its sort of hair ruffled when they do quite well. We mm. should have won that game. And I kind of, that sort of ruined it a bit for me because I, I agreed with him. You think, well, we're at a stage now where we're performing pretty, pretty well on a regular basis. So when we get these opportunities to, 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 to win, we should be taking them. Which, if you reflect on that statement and reflect on that view, um, and a lot, I know a lot of people, I wasn't at the game yesterday, but a lot of people coming away feeling absolutely gutted. I think it was easier for me not being there, watching from afar, to take the sort of, take the, the, the enjoyable parts and run with those. Whereas if you've been there and you've had the sort of incredible highs of, of going 2-1 up, it, it, it's difficult. So people coming away from Chelsea, disappointed, I think speaks absolute volumes for, for the trajectory of, uh, of the club at the moment. The, the feel around the place, it's almost, I think people are just as excited perhaps just as excited this weekend as we were last weekend. We haven't got the euphoria uh, of the last-minute win, of course. Yeah, it's, I'd say that that's the, that was the word you said, euphoria. That, for me, is the thing. It's That last week was delightful because of the drama of it. Yeah. But this week is delightful because 
the great play has continued. It's that's what's amazing. That's what I'm more than happy about. I think about this 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 game against Chelsea is that that wasn't a one off last week. No, no, definitely not. And I think I think that's why so many people are so excited because it was all last week because it was almost the. Um, you know we've beaten Southampton, we've beaten Bournemouth, and and that sort of thing. We've we've beaten, we've come back against West Brom, so we've had some decent, um, eventful and exciting performances. But we haven't really done it against um against the top uh, top side, barring the the opening day against Liverpool, which is always a bit of a, a funny funny thing, isn't it? Opening day. So I think the Arsenal thing was like right, we've really arrived, and like you say, can we carry it on now against against Chelsea away? And and I think we I think we did. I mean, that, the first twenty minutes of the second half was. Wonderful. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. The way, I mean, yeah, Chelsea had some unfit players and they're low in confidence, yada, yada, yada. But the way we carved them apart, and we did, we carved them apart, that we were sort of just playing keep ball in their penalty area. <laughs> for, for 20 minutes, we, we were doing what we wanted with it. And I don't know about you, and I don't know about, about, about you listening, but it's very rare that I've seen us do that against anyone, let alone away at Chelsea. So... Mm. I'm really torn. I think Adam's point is a great one. I think if we want to be going to the next level and if we want this trajectory, this this sort of enjoyable season and roller coaster to continue, then we have to be disappointed and we have to sort of, um, you know, be frustrated that we didn't win a game that that really was there for the taking. But I'm finding it difficult to be too too upset that we we turn in a performance like that. You know, it's one of those. It's England Germany, wasn't it? Gazza's. Gaza's miss against Germany in Euro 96, which Arlison was, was kind of similar. That goes in and we're all having very, very different conversations today. But that's football as well. They don't always go in. You know, Decores was a great strike, but he didn't have much to aim at. You know, another day that hits someone's heel and goes behind for a corner or balloons over, whatever. So you just have to, you know, football is not an exact science. And at the chances didn't go our way yesterday. The fact is we created them. We looked dangerous. Okay, the last uh, the, you know the last twenty minutes was ended up being disappointed, but that's going to happen over the course of a season. So um, this morning, you know, I've I've got a Watford based spring in my step, and, and and I think everyone everyone should, and I think everyone probably has. Just reflect on, on Chelsea a little bit and compare them, let's say, to Arsenal and to Man City. Let's again ignore Liverpool because it's the first game of the season. It seems to me Chelsea didn't have that absolute togetherness and. Um, killer instinct that Man yeah. City had but they definitely yeah. had a bunch of better players than we have um, that were executing certain things very well like Pedro yes that shouldn't have been corner, corner but he unbelievably put that ball in the place it had to go where nobody was going to touch it his cross for for one of the other goals was brilliant the only goal that you could even half look at us was uh was a problem for us which wasn't a great team executing some some uh set plays very well was that fourth one i mean that yeah, that's well, that, that i think that that's the the difference let's say between where watford could be this year and the reason we won't be in the champions league yeah, I was. Is that ridiculous? Is that ridiculous? Thing? I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah, but imagine, do you know what imagine. I mean? That's literally well, it. We've got what Arsenal lacked was a team instinct. We've definitely got that. What yeah, Chelsea have got is sort of a, a, a team instinct, but they didn't really feel it as much as we have it. But they definitely had no, it more than Arsenal. I I, th- I think I was disappointed with the last two goals. I think we could, we could have done better for those. I think we switched off and we we let ourselves down a little bit there. Well, did we switch um, off or did it, we go defensive? Because well, the, no, the Dini substitution for Watson felt like 
I think even the commentator I watched on television and the commentator said, "Oh, Watford are going for their, they're going for the for the draw. They get you know get something out of it." And it really felt like that. That's again, that's a bit different from from Silva. There's a lot of a lot of chat about the about the substitution, and yeah, obviously it turned out to be it looked like the the beginning of the end in terms of the game. But just to pick up on your your first point, yes, Chelsea are, are chock full of of good players, and you know Pedro, I've, I've been an admirer of his for for the last couple of seasons. Certainly, I think he's he's absolutely fabulous. But you're right in as much as I think they had some players who were coming back, some players who are out of form, like David Luiz is the is the dodgy David Luiz again instead of the <laughs> the all conquering one that we that we've seen. Previously, and Chelsea do look less than the sum of their parts. But I would say, John, and this is what sort of trickled into my consciousness watching watching us against Arsenal. I don't necessarily agree that they've got they've obviously got more or better players than us. They've got a greater number of of of, of high caliber players. But the, our good players are now up there with the best. If you ask me, people you know will mention Richarlison. I think he's just he's different class. I think Pereira when when he's when he's on song is. Is, is a great player as well, which is why we we found ourselves in such a such an enjoyable position yesterday. These players playing with confidence, wanting the ball, understanding where they're going to be, and and knowing what their role is, knowing how to how to to, to move the match forward. So I I'm not, I don't think we're past that. I think we're past pointing at teams saying they've got much much better players with us. Therefore, we did well to compete. Manchester City, no point comparing anyone with that no. this season. They're absolutely ridiculous. Kevin De Bruyne is 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 by far and away the most exceptional midfielder that I've ever seen um, at the moment. And so, just there's no point holding and you know putting the what, looking at anyone through a Man City filter. But um, we can match teams now with our with our squad to a to a degree. So yeah. I don't think we're plucky Watford. I don't think we have to sort of punch upwards. I think we can we can compete as we as we showed yesterday. But in terms of the substitution, I think we mentioned Pereira there. He's gone off again. Yeah. And and that's meant that we've had to reshuffle as well. So it wasn't just Deeney coming on, uh, coming off and Watson coming on. We had to deal with, with losing Pereira as well and then the shape and the, and the outlet that both Troy and Pereira were were providing us. Pereira with his sort of clever movement and passing and, and, and you know, buzzing around looking silky in, the, in that final third. We had to, we had to almost completely re rebuild ourselves. And, um, Let's not forget that Chelsea made substitutions as well. Batshuayi came on, who you know is, is someone who's, who's desperate to prove his worth over there. He's kind of playing for his future. So I think it's whilst the headline decision is Dini for Watson looks like um, looks like a um, in hindsight looks like a like a bad move, especially because because um, poor old Ben didn't really have a have a great game. He didn't look up to up to pace at all. Which can you blame him? Well, that's the other thing about about the fact it was him who came on. There were other midfielders on that bench who could have come on, but putting on a but putting on a player who, not saying he's a bad, but a player who just has not played that yeah. many games. That that was the, the that element, not who he was. That element is but go. Oh, I wonder why. I think he's probably the Mariapa syndrome because I think Maps was in a similar situation. He got thrown in after no football and uh, and hasn't really looked back. And I th- and I and I kind of see Ben Watson at, at a similar level to to Mariapa. Um, mm. In terms of you know very 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 solid football, I and mean, we've seen Ben Watson do great stuff for us in the Premier League. So I can and, the, and I'm sure he trains like an absolute trojan. I think he's great to have around the, the dressing room. So I think it's credit to him that that Silver chose to to throw him in. Um, 
And yeah, with hindsight, perhaps you know, it, 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 it well, it definitely didn't go go to plan. But I don't think it's just down to that. There was a whole, you know, the the, the landscape was changing. It was sort of shifting under our feet, wasn't it? Chelsea were were, were getting their danders up. They made changes, and, and like I said, we had to to reorganise as well. And unfortunately, it, it didn't go for us. So um, yeah, I think Silver 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 will be disappointed, but um, I don't think he'll be losing too much sleep because. He, You've got to do what you've got to do, um, and you can only you can only do it at, at that time. You know that game was a million miles an hour from from start to finish, wasn't it? And you've got to you've got to do what you think's best. Didn't work out for us yesterday, but um, I think everyone will be going into Stoke. The, the problem we've got now is like the expectation. You mentioned it at the start. You were careful to say your expectation levels weren't weren't high. You had a desire, a want to see us do mm. well. And I think Watford supporters now have to to take on that that mantle as well and say, right, we want this team to do well, and let's let's support them to to doing it. Stoke are going to be incredibly difficult to to play against. They've they're having a tough time of it themselves. Uh, Mark Hughes will will remember coming and doing a job on us last year, and he'll he'll be expecting them to do to do something similar. What Watford need to do is keep doing what they're doing, recognise this different challenge, um, set up appropriately, and. Um, and keep doing their thing because, like you said, Chelsea was a, a, a new challenge in itself. Stokes a, a new, a, a new altogether different challenge, and but it'll be no less difficult and no less fascinating to see see how we do. But um, there'll be people. You know, I think, I think, you know, I think people will be getting to Victory Road ten minutes earlier because they're going to be excited about seeing seeing this Watford team in action. And um, yeah, I was out last night, and people are coming up to you and saying, "Oh, oh Watford top of the league or something." You know, people who who don't really know that much about football saying, "Oh, Watford are doing amazingly," and it's seeping into people's consciousness. People are realizing that this is a a special team with some special players um, and a, and a special manager. And um, yeah, well, it's, it's a great time to be a supporter. We lost four two, but um, there were some kernels of it all, but not feeling like a win. That's a daft thing to say, um, but the more positives than usual. Uh, to take from a 4-2 loss. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin and he's a son called Arlo and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. Arlo, Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Now Arlo, it's half term next week and um, as part of your the school term we had parents evening recently, didn't we? So mummy and daddy went to, to school to see how you'd been behaved. Have you been behaving well? Yes. Yes, you've been behaving very well. What we'd like to do is pretend you're Watford's teacher and you are going to give a report on Watford's season so far. How well would you say they've done? Good, because last year they ended up in the 17th and I think we're going to be near the top this time. So we're doing really good. We're doing better than Arsenal. We're doing better than West Ham. We're doing better than most of them. So if you were Watford's teacher, you'd say, I'm very happy? Yeah. All right, mate. Well, listen, thanks very much for joining us. Bye-bye. See you later. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End. Colin, the biggest sort of change, it was probably something that we we all wanted to see, was uh, see a Troy Deeney-shaped person... Uh, start up front for Watford. And it happened to be Troy Deeney shaped and it happened to be Troy Deeney. The, the worry was, after last week's bullying exercise uh, against the Arsenal back four, that he might start and he might not sort of live up to the, the impact he had uh, last week. How did it do for you? Well, I certainly, like you, I was hoping that 
Troy would start and was also wondering whether or not he could recreate his substitute performances because when he came on against Swansea and uh, obviously when he came on against Arsenal, he, he made such a big impact in the latter stages of the game. And I wonder whether or not he would be able to, to achieve the same impact when starting a game. However, he proved, he proved that he can, clearly, because I thought he played very well yesterday. I thought he was, it's the best I'd seen him playing for Watford for a, quite a long time. Now, OK, he didn't score a goal and he didn't actually get a chance on goal. But he does, he does things for us which nobody else can do. He likes to talk about himself as this ugly footballer who just is a bit of a thug and goes around whacking into centre-backs. But actually what he does for the team is a, is a tactical thing. And I think he's very aware of it. He's much brighter than he likes to sort of let us know. And I think Silva has worked out what a tactical advantage he can be. So what he did in the first 68 minutes or 80 minutes or however long he was on the pitch was that he took David Luiz completely out of the game. And what I mean by that is that he occupied David Luiz for long periods in his own half. Now, Chelsea have have played with a back three for quite a long time and Luiz plays as a sweeper and he likes to be the one that comes out of defence with the ball, gets across the halfway line and starts Chelsea's attacking play. And Deeney stopped him from being able to do that because he occupied him so much in his own half. The other thing that Deeney does by doing that, and a bit like Emil, I was thinking of Emil Heskey this morning when I was uh, thinking about... Dreaming of Emil? Were you dreaming of Emil? (laughs) (laughs) He used to get a lot of criticism for not scoring goals and not not being as good as everyone, you know, thinking he was a number nine, he should be getting 20, 25 goals a season. But what Deeney did yesterday was he pushed their defenders back. There was Rudiger, there was Luis and Cahill, and he is able to push them back. And what that does is he creates space behind him for players like Cleverley, for Richarlison, for Pereira, particularly yesterday, I thought, got into that space behind Deeney. And their, mid, their midfield players, Fabregas and uh, Bakayoko, had to come back to, to occupy that space. So what happened was we were able to just keep pushing Chelsea further back into their own half whenever we had the ball, partly because Deeney was leading the line and pushing Luis back, which meant that Rudiger and Cahill had to come and be in a line with him. And that meant that Pereira and Cleverly could get get into the space between the lines, which meant that Bakayoko and Fabregas had to come back and they got compressed and we got the ball. Then we could get it out wide, as we did, and, and cause them problems. Also, for our second goal, Deeney really does... I mean, you really have to credit him. It's an assist for an assist. But nevertheless, <laughs> he's got three men around him. And he manages to get the ball to Richarlison, who immediately plays a sublime pass to Pereira, and we score. So I think Deeney's impact was huge. The other way that I know that Deeney had a huge impact on that game was what happened when he was taken off. Yeah. So he was taken off, and immediately uh, Luis was unshackled and moved up the pitch 20 yards straight over the halfway line into our half with the ball at his feet and started to, to create mayhem. In fact, the absolute opposite happened was that we got pushed back and their players, William came on, and uh, players like Pedro and Hazard suddenly had space, partly because Luis was able to get further up the pitch and start their play uh, in our half rather than having to try and start the play in his own half, which uh, was unsuccessful for them up until Dini went off. So I, I, I think that I don't re- I couldn't really understand at two all why Deeney was substituted. He was fine. He wasn't flagging. And we were still in, in the game and still looking to win the game as we had done against Arsenal. And it felt very backward looking. It felt very like, oh, we're the smaller club. Let's hang on to a two all, which we hadn't done against Arsenal. So I found that a bit perplexing. But all in all, I think it was a great performance from Deeney. And I think it's great going forward that Silva now goes, OK, he's not just this big lump up front. He actually has a tactical purpose within our setup. He can help us play creative football, even though he may not be the most creative. 
Would you have preferred Andre Gray to come on instead of Watson? Um, yes, I, I felt we 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 what we did was we gave up we gave up twenty yards of the pitch by taking him off and not bringing on another striker. Richarlison sort of went up there, but he didn't really seem to know whether that was what was what he was supposed to do. He didn't know whether he was supposed to vacate the left wing berth and go up front. He was up there for a bit, but and Watson came on, and I have to say, poor old Ben. I mean, you don't play for six months, and then you have to come on, and he made two pretty sort of pretty big mistakes to sort of miss the ball and miss tackles and he just wasn't ready to come into that environment and I do think I've heard rumours that that Silva really likes Watson but I think that was a bit of a a big ask to to have him come on in that situation with Chelsea rampant um, or looking to get back in the game uh, to all it seemed a mistake to me I thought we were doing fine with Dini up front and and as soon as we took him off they seemed to get confidence from that and we seemed to lose confidence from it one player who you hope doesn't lose confidence from yesterday's game is uh, Richarlison, the boy wonder, um, I think is what we can call him, Ricky from Rio. <laughs> the boy wonder, yeah. He, uh, he had several big chances yesterday, <sighs> which, which could have been, let's say we could have been 4-1 up, uh, and it could have been a whole other game. But that, I'm not, I don't want to dwell on those, that's football. Nope. Um, and those little things happen constantly in games. Uh, but the thing is, is, is actually, like you say, how he reacts to it. And um, you probably read the uh, article in The Independent about him. Uh, and th- I don't think I'm worried about the way he will react. And I don't think he'll you know, play on those uh, missed chances. Uh, he, that, that, the article certainly painted him in a different picture, or at least more, more texture, more colour, more depth. Yeah, he's not um, a privileged lad from an academy, that's for sure. He's uh, grown up in a very uh, in, in difficult circumstances with a lot of siblings. He says in the article that he's only he only acquired a pair of football boots for the first time four years ago when he was 16 years old. God. And prior to that, he played in barefoot or in old trainers that he picked up. He's got four or five siblings. They lived in what he described as a favela, which, uh, if you don't know, is a, is a sort of a kind of makeshift sort of slum area on the edge of a town or city in Brazil. So he's had a really tough upbringing i don't think i mean the article said am i scared of chelsea no i've had a gun point to that yeah, so yeah that's kind of i mean that may be slightly melodramatic headline but nevertheless that's where he's come from i thought what was interesting was that the first chance he missed which was the probably the one the easiest which was the one at the far post from i think i think it was a familiar cross i can't mm. remember now he was furious with himself the crowd immediately sang his name to say don't worry lad you're only 20 you're going to miss those from time to time and then within five minutes, he played that that sublime pass to Pereira. So it hadn't affected him in the it affected him in the moment. He was obviously very disappointed. But within four or five minutes, he received the ball from Dini and plays a first time pass right through the Chelsea defence to Pereira, who scores. So clearly, his his confidence and his decision making wasn't affected. I think the header was the one. The header was the one he was like he led on the ground. It's like I can't believe I didn't get up on target. But. I agree with you. I think he'll bounce back. I think he's made of tough stuff, this this lad. And I don't think that a few missed chances are going to affect him. I also think, as they always say, it's a terrible football cliche. As long as you're, as long as you're getting in a position, the goals will come. Mm-hmm. And he's already scored three goals for us. And he could have scored two or three more uh, yesterday. I don't, think we should, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. I thought we gave Aspilicueta and uh, Rudiger uh, uh, one of probably their most difficult game of the season so far, maybe. Maybe Burnley gave them a bit of a tough time. But just in terms of that, that wing play, yeah. the way that he got past Aspilicueta and then went straight at Rudiger. And they were terrified of giving away a pen. As soon as he got near the box, they were backing off. You know, I, I don't think we need to worry about his, his confidence levels. He would have had a sleepless night last night, clearly. 
he would he would he looks like the sort of man who mm. who uh, gives himself such a hard time that nobody else needs to and that in fact probably silver put his arm around him and said don't worry you know next time i hope so anyway because i think that's probably what would be a more effective way of handling him because i don't think that he is at all complacent uh, and i don't think it will affect his confidence i think he knows he's a good player the uh, the only player that sort of annoyed me yesterday was decore <laughs> because he's showing off too much it's a worry. He's going to be. He's. He's. You know. His star is rising a little bit too quick for my liking, because I don't want to lose him. I just don't want to lose him. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's it's the worry that we will we will lose him far far too soon. You'd like to have two good full seasons with him, but he's proving himself on the top level. He's proving himself against the top teams. I thought you meant that he was getting too big for his boots and that uh, and that he was showboating. <laughs> no, what you're saying is he's, he's he's his star's rising so fast that Liverpool will come and try and buy him in. in uh... In January, yeah, I, I, yeah. The worry is it will be January when he goes, rather than next summer. And in fact, I want him. I, I do want two full seasons out of him at Watford, and I do want two full seasons at least out of a Charleston, so we can really enjoy these boys. And I, I, I want. I always feel proud when a player goes on to somewhere else and does well. But you want yep. them to see them develop as at Watford as a Watford player. Uh, I think and that do very so much us. depends. I think that's going to very much depend on what happens with Silver. I think if Silver stays for another season, if he's if he's looking to stay for a second season, say we finish, you know, seventh, eighth, or ninth this season or tenth, and he wants to, he says a couple more players and I can get us up into the top six, say, and he stays a second season, then I think those players will stay with him. I think if he went in the summer to somewhere, then I think maybe we might see an exodus of uh, of our better players. The way that he ran all the way down to the Watford fans, the whole length of the pitch after he scored, showed how much he cares about us as supporters and us as a club and I, and I hope that he stays as you say for a couple of seasons at least Ollie, as games go, 4-2, uh, goals galore, end-to-end. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling exhausted, John. Emotionally? Em- emotionally exhausted, but also physically exhausted. Because um, I walked to Stamford Bridge yesterday. I'm one of these fans, you know how I keep a record of uh, how many games I've been to. I also like to try and get to away games by different forms of transport. <laughs> so I've been by car and by coach and by plane and by train by bus and by bike um, and yesterday I walked and uh, so yeah that's a bit tiring the well, only th- yeah. thing I haven't done I think is been by boat well that's possibility if we end up playing a, a game in Europe and having to get a ferry somewhere that, that maybe we'll, we'll, you'll have to make that commitment yeah but the thing is you know I like to do these things by one form of transport from door to door so you know I have to move Watford to the coast and play Brest or Boulogne or someone, but I don't know. I think I'm going to have to give up on that one. Oh, well, it's a, it's a dream. We can maybe, maybe global warming will help you on that one uh, in the future. Who knows? Uh, so, uh, so Ollie, we, 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 I spoke to, to, to Colin about the, about the, the, the about Dini and the, the attack and, and Mike about the game. From you, what, what are you taking away from this game? Um, well, I'm feeling pretty positive, actually. I mean, afterwards, I was disappointed, and uh, but it was different from last year's disappointment. I mean, last year was full of disappointing performances and results. 
And the disappointment was that we didn't play well and didn't even give things a go in most instances. But yesterday was that kind of disappointment when you sense something really amazing is in reach, but you fall short, and it's that sort of crushing feeling. Mm. So after the game, I felt the same as after the um, Cup semi-final against Palace two seasons ago, Um, because back then the potential prize was the Cup final. Um, yesterday it was deservedly winning at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time there really were positives to take away, so I got over it. Anything for you? What was the biggest positive? It's just the overall uh, team uh, performance. We've got, a, we've got a team that looks like it belongs on the same pitch as the very best teams in the country. And that's something that we haven't had since the 1980s under the great man. Um, it's a, and it's a great feeling to have as a fan because it's very different from worrying about make sure you beat the divisions also rounds mm. and then avoid a pasting from the big boys. You go into every game looking forward to getting something from it. And I think that's, that's the difference. It's, uh, when I think back to the 1980s and you'd go to a game thinking anything was possible, um, you get a bit more of a sense of that now with, uh, with Marco's team. It makes me look forward to every game um, just because there's possibility. There's so much ambition as opposed to the caution that we had last season. Yeah, there's, there's, not, that, with... there's not that thing of going to Chelsea of if we work our hardest and if we are lucky and if the the planets align on the right day, we might get a result from this. It, there's definitely not that feeling this year. It isn't, no. And, and, and it's yesterday that's brought about that thought. So, um, you know, it may be premature. It may be a one-off um, really good performance. Um, but it's not looking that way, given the way that we've played away from home on, on every occasion this season. But the thing for me is that uh, it makes me look forward to the FA Cup <laughs> next year. Because if you've got a team that belongs on the same pitch as the very best, it gives you a genuine chance of winning silverware. So imagine our team playing the way they did yesterday throughout an FA Cup run. I mean, it's six games, six games that could win us the cup, write our name in history um, and send us into Europe. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's got that that team who could, who yeah, like you say, the, the, it's the attitude, isn't it? That it makes is. it and, seem and, like FA Cup team, yeah. And, f- and for that, we have to prioritise the FA Cup. So, John, I want a From the Rookery End campaign <laughs> to prioritise the FA Cup, get our name on a trophy, get us into Europe, which is what we all want. Anyway, yeah. we don't have to do it through the league. Let's do it through the FA Cup. Well, at this rate, uh, Ollie, we're going to be, uh, you know, all past 40 points by the time the FA Cup starts. Surely, surely. Mm-hmm. So, let, so let's focus on that. Focus. Absolutely. Oh, why not? Oh, yeah. Well, let, let's, 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 let's go with that one. Mm, focus uh, on the competition we can win. I suppose the one thing why you really want uh, to have the FA Cup win is that then there will be more games, more legendary games uh, up in Hornet Heaven. Uh, the podcast that uh, you write, Colin reads and I, I edit. Uh, it's uh, we're on series five. Uh, first episode came out last week, uh, which was uh, the, a, sort of a, a studio version of the one that we did live at Vicarage Road a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, all about a tribute to the most important man in, in Watford's history. That's right. Which at the start of the story uh, is the greatest ever manager that we've had. His his place. Uh, doesn't diminish, but uh, it, it's uh, the the most important man in Hornet Heaven category uh, and status changes. So, series two, uh, episode two, uh, is out on uh, this coming Friday. Uh, what can we get about this one? It's called the Plastic. It's set between the Liverpool and Bournemouth games, and uh, it comes to light that a particular kind of fan has found his way into Hornet Heaven. 
uh, which, as the title suggests, is a plastic fan in Hornet Heaven. Well, let's hear a quick clip from it. I ain't seen you around before. Are you new in Hornet Heaven? Pretty recent, good buddy. You may not have seen me, though, because I don't actually go to many games. What? Yeah, I tend to pick and choose which I go to. Pick and choose? No proper fan does that. I do. Only watch us when we're playing the big clubs. Hang about. You can't only support Watford in the big games. That makes you a... a plastic fan. Nonsense, good buddy. It just makes me selective about the games I watch. It's the way I always was, back on Earth. Just the high-profile games. You bloody plastic. You disgust me. You shouldn't even be in on it, Evan. Ugh, I feel physically sick. Hey, that's a tad harsh, good buddy. I've got every right... No. You've got no rights at all. You're a plastic. And I'm going to get you kicked out of Hornet Heaven. Uh, did you, do you think there were many plastic fans uh, at Stamford Bridge yesterday? Was Stamford Bridge the most plastic of all stadiums, do you think? Uh, well, in our end, certainly not, because of the uh, the ticketing categories that we have. If you're, uh, I think you yep. would have had to be A or A-plus to get there, so that isn't plastic. Um, as for Chelsea fans, well, yes, I think so. They were you know, very quiet, weren't they, for most of the game. It's still amazing, isn't it, when you go to a big ground and you get that absolute crack of a, a noise when the home team scores. That's always really impressive. But it's not there for a, that long no. sometimes. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's that's the new modern-day football for you. Mm. Uh, so we look, let's look ahead. Stoke next. And then actually, generally, you know, you've, you've said already how positive you are about, about Watford. We all are. It is, say, a fantastic team. But there's that whole thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm not worried about Watford. I'm actually worried about the, the build-up to the game because Stoke runs such a bad run at the moment. Um, that word expectation is going to rear its its ugly head again, isn't it? Yes, it does. And it's, <clears throat> you know, I'm a, I'm a great one for, for talking things down in my own mind before a game, just because I don't want the disappointment. Um, but it's it's so hard to do, isn't it? When you go to a game like yesterday's and as you see us playing that quality of football, then no matter what you tell yourself rationally, you just feel it, the excitement bubbling up before in the week before the game. Um, and yeah, it's football, or as Marco Silva likes to say, it's the football. <laughs> um, so yeah, of course we we could uh, have another abject performance like we did at home to Stoke last season because it's the football. <laughs> the football, mm. a capital T or just a lowercase T? Do you think? Um, I think it's it's lowercase, but it's just a very important the in the way that he says it. <laughs> Well, we'll uh, we'll see how uh, that that goes uh, next weekend, as this Premier League season keeps going on. Uh, where can we uh, get and listen to Hornet Heaven, Ollie? It's available on your phone via any podcasting app. Uh, I'd suggest uh, on an Apple iPhone, podcasts or um, Acast, or you can get there via Audio Boom or Player FM. Several different ways. On uh, desktop, just go to our site is probably best hornetheaven.com and all the episodes ever uh, are there and will be for the rest of eternity for everybody to listen to um, and episode two is out on friday episode three will be the friday after that so we've gone weekly for this series it's four episodes uh, on their way the next few weeks so uh, make sure if you do have a uh, uh, 
uh, you do use uh, one of those apps Ollie talked about and make sure you, you do subscribe to Hornet Heaven get them every uh, get them quickest uh, all the time as well as uh, subscribe to, to From the Rookery End uh, thank you very much Ollie you're welcome <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Thank you very much for listening to From the Rookery End. Uh, I've been John. Uh, thank you to Mike. Uh, thank you to Ollie. Thank you to Colin uh, for their contributions. We're back next week uh, at home game with Watford take on Stoke. Uh, you can follow us, of course, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at What's the Podcast. Uh, have a look for us, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll and uh, do get involved. And to get from the Rookery as quickly as possible, uh, and still for free, do go and whack this subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast. Cabernets.